we're going to be talking about uh, the different attitudes that we have in this journey of healing. And it's a journey. You know, we have been talking about over and over and over again how we saw how Jesus healed last week. We talked about the uh, the laws that govern faith, which was really good. Uh, we also looked at how Jesus taught us how to pray in the area of healing. Um, and last week we looked at the woman with the issue of blood. We looked at blind Bartimaeus. We looked at the centurion woman. We looked at not the centurion woman, the uh, Syrophoenician woman. Uh, we looked at um, there were two other stories that we looked at last week, and they there were some that showed that there was an immediate healing, and then there were others that were not. And a lot of times when we are believing God for healing. Um, there's a lot of things that are going on. And so it's a journey. And in this journey, you are going to have just, you know, a, I think of the journey, it's not this straight road. A journey is sometimes there's highs and sometimes there's lows and sometimes there's twists and sometimes there's setbacks. And sometimes you feel lifted up and sometimes you feel like the whole world is this on your shoulders. Sometimes you question. And so during these these uh, steps and these uh, seasons in our journeys and the places that we come to, we're going to have certain mindsets. And tonight, I'm sure you are going to be aware of all of these mindsets. And some of you might actually be you're probably going to hear your mindset. You're going to probably be like, yeah, that's me. That's where I am. Um, and, and it's going to be a very honest study. I try to be as honest as I can, but as polite as I can, because I love to walk in love. I love loving people. But I also feel like in order for us to grow, we have to acknowledge where we are. We have to take responsibility. We have to understand our role and our authority and what Christ has given us. And if we're not using it, we need to talk about that. And so understanding that you are going to have, like when I was on my uh, my journey of healing, especially when I first got started, I struggled with, okay, I, I believe, but this is not happening. And then thinking, and I remember when I was uh, speaking to um, uh, one of my, one of my therapists, well, not one of, but my therapist at the time that I was seeing, you know, she was reminding me like, Tia, it's a process. You have to be patient with yourself. And so on this journey, uh, I want us to look at, and let me get my notes here. My notes fell on the floor when I was running back in the room. So I don't even think, uh, there we go. So numbers 10 and 13 says, and they first took their journey according to the commandments of the Lord by the hand of Moses. I wanted to pull this scripture because it is important to know that God is in this journey with us. He already knows. He's already given us what we need. He cares about where you are. Did he put you in the journey? Y'all know what, or if you've been here any long of time, I don't believe that God put sickness on us. And I've showed us in uh, several of our studies Sickness comes from the devil, doesn't come from God. But the thing is, all things are working for our good. He will use it to teach us. He will use it to perfect us. He will use it, but he didn't cause it. But it's also good to know that, that he's in the journey with us. Now, keep in mind, Numbers 10 and 13 was before the cross. So things were, dif were different for them. They took 
you know, they took the journey according to the commandment of the Lord. Now, this was about the Israelites, but I just wanted to pull that scripture because sometimes you have to remind yourself when you are when you are believing God for that daggling symptom to go away, it can feel like you are alone. It can feel like where are you, God? What is going on? Why is this still happening? And so I just wanted to pull that scripture as a reminder, as an encouragement. But our journeys lead to two roads and the two roads that it leads to is either you're going to give up or you're going to finish. You're going to give up or you're going to finish. Um, and so we have to remember that we already have the promise. We already have our healing. And we talked about this several times before that healing is already in us. And our job is to renew our minds. So it's to renew our minds with the word of God and to allow the healing power that's already on the inside of us to penetrate our soul and so that it can manifest in our body. And so if you can hold on to that, I already have it. The promise is already mine. Then it's really going to help you in how you're thinking and the mindset that you choose to be in. And we also know that the mind is the battlefield where the enemy attacks us. He attacks our mind. The battlefield is in the mind. And so when we have something to combat the thoughts of the enemy, when he's telling you, you're not going to be healed, this is never going to happen. You're wasting your time holding on to that thought that I already have the promise. It's already mine. I'm already healed. Why don't you see it? Well, I don't see it yet because there are many, many different things that could be happening. It could be that your body is recovering. It could be that you are in, and we talked about this and I might be skipping ahead, but I'm just going to go ahead and flow. You may be in that part where we talked about last week, where the laws of faith, there's the the hearing and the speaking. You're going to see this in a minute in my notes, but the hearing, the speaking, the pressing in the pressing. We looked at the woman of the issue of blood. We looked at blind Bartimaeus. We looked at all these other people that they had seasons, moments where they had to press. And we don't know how long the pressing was, especially with the woman of the issue of blood. We don't know how long it took for her to get to Jesus. We don't know how long that journey was for her spending her money, going to this doctor, going to that doctor and until she met Jesus. So a lot of times in this journey, the pressing, the moving, the persevering, the enduring is the longest part of it. It's and it's the hardest part of it. And this part of the journey of faith is where we get challenged the most because it's, it's so good to just start something. A lot of times we start with energy. We start fired up. We like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to speak this. I'm going to declare this. I'm going to have this. And we are, we are holding on to it. And then. A month goes by, two months goes by, three months, a year, two years goes by. And in that time, our mindsets get challenged. Oh my gosh. And that's when we have to hold on. That's when we have to stand on this promise that I know I am healed. I know it. I may not feel it. And, and that that's a mindset in itself. I may not feel healed. I may not even see healing, but it starts with our thinking. If I think that I'm healed, if I'm think, if I think that I'm prosperous, if I think that I'm whole, if I think this about myself, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if we think 
that we are healed despite of what we see, despite of what we feel and hold on to that promise, then we are going to see it come to pass. And this is this journey. It's the journey of faith. It truly is a journey of faith. All right. So the biggest thing, the big word here is, uh, is patience, right? I put patience, the P word. This word is uh, a word that a lot of people run from, but I wanted to bring up this point before we get into these mindsets, because this is really important. Um, there's a scripture, James 1 and 3, that says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, right? And so, I don't know, you you may, you. I'm not sure, I can't speak for everybody of what they think when they think about the scripture, but for the most part, a lot of people think that the trials that I go through is what gives me patience. And unfortunately, that's not correct. If you read what the scripture says, it says that the trials are the trying of your faith. It worketh patience. There's another scripture that talks about the tribulation working patience. Your patience doesn't come from our trials, because if that was the case, then all of us will be extremely patient because we all have been through some serious trials. But most of the time, for me, what I know in my life, a lot of the people that I do know that go through trials and tribulations, there are some people that they ain't patient. They're kind of over it. Okay. It doesn't really work. It doesn't, it, it doesn't create patience, but what it does, if you allow it, the scripture says, let patience work its perfect work. So it works your patience. So where does this patience come from? Especially, especially when you are waiting for healing. And the scripture is right here in our notes. It's Romans 15, four through five. It says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scripture, scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. So right here is showing us that our patience comes from scripture. So what, and, and also talks about the God of patience. Patience is a fruit of the spirit. When we are on this journey and when we are waiting and, and persevering in the area of healing, we have to have this fruit, this fruit of the spirit. We have to have patience. And because it is a fruit of the spirit, there it goes right there. Patience comes from God. It comes from us reading the word of God. It comes from us learning about the character of our God. If we're reading about how loving and faithful our God is, there's a scripture in Isaiah 40. I'm not going to go there. Isaiah 40, I think it's 28, where it, it says that God is, is not faint to grow weary. So he, he is a God who does not lose patience. He has, he understands where we are and we have he has given us everything we need so when it comes to the area of patience it comes from scriptures we read scriptures and it cultivates this patience within us it draws out because remember our spirits have everything we need so it draws out this patience so that we can endure so that we can go through this journey and it's not through our trials that we get this patience, but what happens when we go through things, it works our patience. It teaches us how to wait on God. 
And waiting on God is not like you're waiting, uh, you know, like the regular word waiting. If I'm waiting in line, you know, you can wait in line and still be extremely impatient. I don't know about y'all, but I have several times, you know, it's just like, well, this lady, come on. My gosh, she's taking forever. You know, these are the thoughts that I say to myself sometimes. I'm not being patient in that moment. So that's not the waiting when it says wait on the Lord and he shall renew your strength. That's not the waiting that he's talking about. The waiting, how you wait on the Lord is serving him, serving him. God, what is it that you want me to do as I wait for this promise to manifest? Because understand, we got, we're waiting for it to manifest now. We're not waiting for it to arrive. Christ has finished it. It's already done. So now we're waiting for it to manifest. So it's, it's like a waitress. They come and they say, how can I serve you today? Do you need a glass of water? You know, whatever. That's how we come to God. God, how can I serve you as I wait? And that shows that we trust him. That shows that we are really resting, that we know that he has everything we need and it's going to show up. Though the visionary we wait, we know that it's going to come through. That's the faith. That's why this is this is really a journey of faith. All right. So. I'm about to get to these mindsets, but I want to talk about this faith because we talked about this last week and I kind of touched on it. James 1, 2, and 4, it says the trying of our faith work is patient. So we understand that. So the trying of our faith. So like I said, this is a journey of faith. The journey requires faith. And these are a review from last week, the laws that govern faith. Faith activated is hearing. So I'm reading faith comes by hearing so i'm reading the word and as i read the word i'm hearing the word and what is it doing it's building my faith it's activating my faith right we talked about that and then faith expressed is speaking so i'm speaking the word of god i'm speaking that i am healed i'm speaking that i am whole i'm speaking that i am prosperous i'm speaking that i am delivered whatever it is i need i'm speaking it i may see that the bank account is low i may see that this symptom is trying to come back. I may even hear and see the doctor report or the x-ray, but I'm going to continue to speak the word of God. And then there's faith motivated. That's the pressing. That's what we're kind of talking about tonight. It's the pressing through. I'm going to press through, you know, the what, what stuff may be dealing, going on in my soul, the doubts that I may be having, the things that I may be seeing, the obstacles that may be in my way. I'm going to press through and I'm going to stand on the word of God that says by his stripes, I am healed. That's what I'm going to stand on despite of what I see. And I'm going to press through it. And the pressing may be a long time, but I'm going to keep pressing. And then faith working. That's me moving or obeying the word of God. That's me doing what faith without works is dead. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. If he tells me not to take this, I'm not going to take it. If he tells me to take this, I'm going to take it. If he tells me to go here, I'm going to do it. I'm going to obey the word of God. So these four laws that govern faith are what we saw in the woman of the issue of blood with the Syrophoenician uh, women with blind Bartimaeus. When we looked at those stories, we saw it over and over and over again, pretty much like to the T of these laws that govern faith. And we talked about how because these are laws that govern faith, just like the law of, law of electricity, the law of gravity, these are things that are established by God. And we saw in Psalms 89 that once he speaks something, it does not go void. He does not go against his word. So when these laws 
are activated, when you are, when your faith is activated, your faith is expressed, your faith is motivated, your faith is working, it will manifest. Jesus says, you can ask whatever in my name and it shall be given unto you. So that's a promise. And I love that promise. And I stand on that. And so, but I was, as I was studying, it was like the Holy Spirit was like, oh, the, mm, but there's one more. There's one more. There's thinking. Faith being. So you think about, there was, um, and I wanted to read this to you guys as I was in my study. If I can find it, I should have had it up. So I apologize. Um, so I was, I was studying about uh, faith and I was thinking about, you know, pillars or, or faith is the substance. It's a substance of things hoped for. It's a, it's tangible, right? It's a thing. And so I, I found this, I thought this was really interesting. Pillars such as genuine faith. So in Christianity, they say the pillars are genuine faith, obedience, humility, self-love, forgiveness, self-discipline, gratitude, and worship. To some degree, each trait on its own marks a person as one of God's own and reveals an active living faith. And I thought that was so good. So genuine faith, obedience, humility, self-love, forgiveness, self-discipline, gratitude, and worship. And I thought that was like, I'm like, yes, I got to read that. I wanted to read that tonight. But the point is, when you think about faith as a substance, it's a, it's a, it's a tangible thing that we have. It starts with your thinking. I'm thinking in line with the word of God. So I'm reading the word of God. I'm speaking the word of God. I'm standing and I'm obeying. But am I thinking? And this is where that scripture, Proverbs 23 and 7, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Because I, you know, I hear the word and there's a lot of people that are hearers, but they're not doers. They have faith. But in James, and I really should have pulled up this scripture. I love the scripture. But in James 2, it talks about incomplete faith. It's not just enough to say I have faith, but if there is no work with it, if there is, if it's no, no, um, and it, uh, oh, I really wish I would have pulled it, but it pretty much is saying that my obedience, my acts of the works of faith is what pretty much makes my faith complete. And so if I'm hearing the word and I'm speaking the word and I'm standing on the word, but if I'm not thinking in line with the word, eventually what I'm thinking is what I'm going to act on. So if I think that I'm not good enough, I can be reading every day that God says that I'm the apple of his eye, that I am the beloved. I can be reading every day that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I can be reading every day that I am healed. I can be reading that I'm justified, that I am chosen. I can be reading all those things every day. And I think a lot of us have read that over and several times again. But if I still have these thoughts or this mindset that I'm not good enough, that, you know, or if something happens and I go back to that mindset of, oh, I fail at everything. Is this going to work? Things never work out for me. I'm not good at this. I'm not a secure person. I'm not beautiful. I mean, all those thoughts. If those are the things that I am thinking about, according to Proverbs 23 and 7, which is a law for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Why? Because what I think eventually is going to turn into what I do. It is. It's going to turn into what I do. If I think that I can't, I don't care how many times somebody tells me I can. 
I'm not going to be able to do it because I've already told my mind that I can't do it. And my mind speaks to my brain, which I just found that out a few weeks ago. But my mind speaks to my brain. And so if my mind is telling my brain that I can't, if that's always the communication that's happening, if my mind is always saying this pain is never going to leave, I'm never going to be healed. This has been in my family. If I keep saying this, it's my brain is going to then react. I'm going to act sick and I'm going to be sick. And so that is why I'm like, when the Holy Spirit brought that to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to talk about thinking because this is where we get stuck. We, we know we can, we can quote scriptures left and right. We know how to sound real good as Christians. We know how to stand on the word of God and we obey God when it's comfortable. Okay. But a lot of times we are thinking totally opposite of what the word of God says. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Uh, Philippians 4 and 8. Finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, why is Paul telling us this? Because he understands the importance of what you're thinking about, thinking about things that are true right? What truth? What comes to mind when you think of truth? The Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of truth. And I love that he starts with that. Think on the truth. You got to think on the word of God. You ha It has to be more important than your own thinking. And I, there are scriptures, you can study the word with Paul. He really talks about this. We cannot, and I'm paraphrasing, but we cannot make a God of our own thinking. We have to think on things that are true, what the word of God says and things that are honest and just and pure and lovely. Because when we think on those things, then we become those things. But if we're thinking on anything opposite of that, then that's what we are going to become. So this journey will present difficult mindsets. You are going to be challenged to lean into the suggestion of the enemy or go back to the mindset that you've always had. Listen, just because you saved, that doesn't mean that your old mindsets get swiped away. It takes work. <laughs> it takes a lot of work, a lot of work. This thing doesn't change overnight. It really takes the big A word, accountability. You have to hold yourself accountable. We tend to um, get a little passive with ourselves and or we're so used to ourselves. That's just the way I am. That's just the way that I think. Stop trying to make me think like you. I mean, these are things that I have heard over and over and over and over again. And it's like, that's where it's dangerous because we all should have one mind, the mind of Christ. That's biblical. It, it, we just read it. What? I'm not going to go back to it. But it said like like mindness, right? We're supposed to have that. It's not that God's not trying to take our identity away, but actually he is. Our identity is in Christ. <laughs> our identity is in Christ. And now what I was going to say, he's not trying to take our uniqueness away. We are unique, individually unique, handcrafted beautifully in the image that in the image of him. He's not trying to take our uniqueness away, but our mindset, why is it important that we be like-minded because we're kingdom. We're kingdom citizens. If you go into another country, what's the first thing that you got to learn? You got to learn their language. You got to learn. And how do you learn language? By your brain 
teaching your brain a different language. So you have to adjust. There are certain ways that they think. There are certain ways that they do things. There are certain ways that they cook and all that. There's so much that you have to learn. But the biggest thing is learning their language. How do they think and talk? There's certain, you know, I'm, I was going to go down this road with language, but I don't know language that much. The only language I really know is English. But I'm sure if there's other people on the line, y'all understand that, that even like with Spanish and French, I mean, the way that we say things like I'm actually I have a, my, my book, my children's book was translated in Spanish. And so we're working on getting that published now. And it's interesting how like. I would I'm looking at the words and I'm like, it's just so it's just so different. It's so different in Spanish than it is in English, how they would say certain things. And that starts with training your mind. So we have to understand that mindsets. We can't be so passive about, well, this is just me and I want to be oh so different and I want to da da da. The Holy Spirit is what makes you different. Holy, set apart. That's what makes you different. That's how you want to be different. But we should have the mind of Christ. We should value the things that he values and think the way that he wants us to think. And in that, there's a supernatural way of of making us unique in that, that are we, we are all, we all have different gifts and all have different talents and we all have different, what well, I can sing, right? But I'm sure somebody on this line can sing and can probably just blow, but my uniqueness is different than their uniqueness. And that's, and it's still beautiful and God still uses it, but we are like-minded if we're all doing it for the glory of God. Oh, so good. All right, so what is a mindset? The definition of a mindset is the established set of attitudes held by someone, set of attitudes. So not just one attitude, it's a set, it's a set of them, okay? That creates this way of thinking. And if you're not careful, if you're not being mindful of that, that thing gonna grow, it's gonna grow and it's gonna take over your whole life. So the question that we have to ask ourselves, what attitudes have you set your mind to? It's like setting a dial. I know on radio now it's more digital, but you know, back in the day you had to like turn the knob and you had to find like, if it was like 93.3, you had to like find it, set that dial. What attitudes or what dial have I set my mind to? And your attitude to determines the condition of your soul. And sometimes, and I'll even flip it, sometimes your soul determines the at your attitudes because your attitudes determine your soul. It's like this cycle. It's stuff that you went through that now creates uh, a mindset because your soul, your mind, your will and your emotions. So some of the things that you went through has now created these voids in your soul and these voids of your soul now have created this mindset. And it's the cycle that you are just stuck in and you just keep going and you wonder years later, why am I still doing the same things? Why am I not persevering out of this? Why am I still stuck? And it's because that there's something that has happened that created this mindset that has created this void in your soul that now, and it just keeps going around and around and around. So why is this important? As it pertains to healing, because healing flows from the spirit to the soul through the body. This is why this is important, your soul. And this is what Soul Sister is about. This is what, this is what I'm called to do, to talk about the soul. Why? I guess because God was like, you know what? You've been so jacked up in your soul. You don't been through so much. You got something to talk about. I sure do. I've been through so much. And I, I'm like, listen, my soul has to heal. And so we are all on this journey of soul healing. But it's important because in it, as it pertains to not just physical healing, but there's emotional healing. 
there's mental healing. People have been abused. People have been molested. There's been so many things raped. I mean, there's so many things that happen to our physical being that it, it damages our soul. And so when our soul is damaged, then it's really hard to, to allow this healing to flow through it. It's like the healing is, you know, you, you receive Christ and so you have it, but you have this desire. Have you ever, have you ever been to a place? I've, I've been here. I've been at a place where I'm crying out to God. I'm like, God, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I don't like being emotionally just broken and done and tired and just like, God, I don't want to feel this way anymore. Or I don't want to be this angry anymore. Or I don't want to have this bitterness or I don't want this pride anymore. Or I don't want, you know, these thoughts anymore, whatever it is. Have you ever been in that place where you've cried that out? That's your spirit, man, wanting to come out, but your soul has been so damaged and has went through so much. It's like, and I'm going to talk about this later. It's become, actually, I'm talking, I'm about to talk about it in a minute. It's, it's become so hard. And the scriptures talk about a hard heart. And a hard heart is, is dangerous. And so what happens is your, your healing is trying to come through your spirit. And it comes through your soul. But if your soul is broken, then it, it stops there. And it never manifests itself. Okay, so tonight... The seven mindsets, there's two categories. There's the aiding, and this came from my husband, which was so good when we were talking about this. There's the aid. So there's mindsets that aid the soul and aid the uh, aid the healing, not the soul, aid the healing. And then there's a mindset, mindset that oppose the healing. Okay, so the aids, they purify the soul. They're translucent. They lubricate. Um, they soften the, the soul. It's easy for the spirit to pass through. So it is the soul. It is the soul. These are my sets because it's the mind, right? So, but it aids the healing. So when we hear these types of mindsets, what does this mean? It purifies the soul. It, it cleanses the soul. Listen, no matter what you've been through, the word of God is life. And there is nothing. Hear me, nothing. I mean, it can... You could have went through the, the most horrible thing that anybody can possibly think of. And you may think there is no repairing. I'm going to tell you right now, that's a lie. That's a lie from the pits of hell. The devil is a liar and he's the father of lies. And that is a lie because the word of God, it penetrates like a two edged sword. It divides and it is life. It is life giving. So no matter how bad it is is or how bad it has been you can heal in your soul and so these mindsets help purify the soul and i put the word translucent because when you i, I do photoshop a lot i do a lot of digital stuff and so it's i love to when i create logos or if i create something i like my background to be translucent i don't like it when it's opaque because if i try to put it on something it has this big old white background. So translucent, meaning it can, light can shine through. So these mindsets allow the light of the Lord to shine through. And then I use the word lubricates because when you think about your, your spirit man coming through your soul, if it, if it's, 
if it's lubricated, what happens? It just comes right through your soul. It softens. Your, your soul is softened for it to come through. It's not hard. So it's easy for the spirit to pass through. So it's easy for, you know, if, you, if you're struggling with love, it's easy for love to come through. If you're struggling with joy, it's easy for joy to come through. You're not looking for love and joy outside. It's already on the inside of you. It needs to come out. And this is where it's so important to know, oh my gosh, who we are in Christ and what we have, what we are housing. We are housing the Holy Spirit. He is the dwelling place. So all these things, the healing and the joy and the love, the peace, the sound mind that you need, the patience that you need. When we have mindsets that aid those things, then it allows it to come through. But most of the time, especially on the journey of healing and, and overcoming, you have a lot of mindsets that are opposing. And so I put clutters the soul. It clutters the soul with, I can't, I won't, I won't be able to, will this ever? It clutters that. And it's opaque. So I just talked about that. It's opaque. Light cannot shine through it. It cannot shine through it. So no matter how hard you try, it, it can't right it's stiff it's hard-hearted it's difficult for the spirit to pass through and the bible says in um, romans 12 and 2 and be not conformed by this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god now i love this scripture i love the scripture for so many reasons especially because it talks about renewing your mind but I also love that it says that by renewing your mind, when we renew our minds, it proves the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. It proves it. And what is that? God wants us healed. God wants us whole. He don't want you just healed, but yet you still busted and disgusted. He don't want you healed and you poor still. And he don't want you healed and you can't do nothing because you whatever. He wants us whole. Whole. Okay. Uh oh. So, healing is attached to our mindset. When I get my mind renewed, I really need y'all to grab this. When I get my mind renewed, when I do the work, right? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does that mean? I have to pick up this book and I have to read it. Not only do I have to read it, I have to study it. Not only do I study it, I have to eat it. It has to be my nutrition. It has to be my medicine. It has to be more important than the pills. It has to be more important than my water. It has to be my everything. This is the part that I, this ain't gonna get in here unless I do something about it. So I have to read the word. And once I read the word, then, what happens? I'm going to see the perfect will of God. And the perfect will of God is for us to have sozo, which is healing and deliverance and prosperity and increase and all the things that Jesus died for us to have. And we have become so, um, what's the word? Okay. Um, we have become so numb and I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for. We've just gotten used to just living be below our means. We've gotten used to just, okay, it's okay that I don't receive healing. I mean, I'm literally seeing 
people, friends of mine that are excited about, you know, their insulin shots and excited about, you know, certain medical stuff showing up. And I'm just like, and I, and I, okay, a part of me is like, I get it, I guess, because you're thinking, oh, I've been suffering for so long and I'm so excited that I have something new to try. Okay, so I get that. I get that. And I'm not sitting in judgment, y'all. I'm just being honest. But my heart breaks because I'm like, there's a better way. There's a better way. And that to me is not showing the perfect will of God, the perfect will of God. So for, okay, Jeff Arnold, you got your hand raised. Come on, jump in. I can't hear you. Do, do you have the chat up by chance? I do not. I'm, Somebody I'm just, suggested the word complacent. Does that sound like what you're? Yes. Perfect word. Whoever whoever said that, thank you. That's the that perfect word. That was Miss um, DeAndrea. Yes, Miss DeAndrea. Com yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, we have become so complacent. Go ahead. I thought I mentioned that. That's what not what I was going to say, but I just thought I mentioned that. Um, but to, to piggyback on what you're saying, I, I thought you think about... Um, you uh, think about certain things that we have. I, I kind of ran into a situation um, in the car the other day. Um, I was looking through the instruction manual and just kind of realized I, I, I kind of learned something new about the car. Mm. But it's, it's something that we have the manual. In the manual, it tells you everything that the car can do, everything that's in the car. And I've heard this said before, but I, I actually experienced I'm like, I didn't know it can do that. Well, that's because I never read the manual to see, you know, if you can do that. And to your point, there's so much more that we could, um, there's, there's a better way. There's so much more that we can be getting. Um, but my people perish for the lack of knowledge that that's my right. people perish for the lack of knowing, you know, all that we have available in Christ. And again, as a Western, especially as a Western culture, we're so, there's so many other substitutes, you know, for things that we, we want or need. And it's all in us already. The power is in us to believe and receive whatever it is that we need. And, and I think, you know, that's, that's just something that even with our phones or computers, I mean, we made, I just want to make a phone call, you know, on this smartphone, but there's, and, and I, you know, I know some of the functionality, but there's just so much more I can be getting out of it. But then it kind of boils down to like, do you do you want more, yeah. or do are you just you know com, you know complacent or just satisfied with the functionality that you have, you know, in in your spirit, man? Because there's nothing impossible in the spirit. That's right. But it 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 does kind of, it depends on you know, whether or not we want to draw from that. And I just, yeah, if, if we have to want to draw from it. Exactly. We, and to your point, well, first, uh, I hope you tell me, cause I'm, it's probably a feature that I don't know about the car either, <laughs> but so good because you don't know. And, and so to your point, even with our culture, all the, the, all the accommodations that we have in this world, they are a blessing. I mean, they really are. I think about my son <clears throat> when he was younger, 
and was diagnosed with autism at two years old, there were so much accommodations for him. I mean, tons, right? And they were a blessing, but they were a blessing for where we were. And it was honestly, there was a lot of lack of knowledge and ignorance on our part as parents to what the Bible says, because it wasn't until we started learning about healing mm -hmm. and what we should be walking in and how we should be walking in it. It's like, thank you for those services, but no, no, thank you. Thank you for what was Josiah's medicine that he was on, Meth methafenidate. I think that's what it was. I can hardly ever remember that. It's amazing. I just remembered that. But it's like, thank you for, you know, thank you for the prescription for methafenidate, but no thanks. No thanks. And it it really is. So it's a it's a blessing to some who aren't aware, but it can be dangerous to us who are trying to walk in faith because it can it can really become a temptation. It can really become a crutch. We can lean more on what's being offered instead of what the word of God says that I can actually renew my mind to the place that I will prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God by just renewing my mind. By believing what the word of God says. And so I don't need the methafenidate. I don't need the Ritalin. I don't need the whatever else, the inhalers and all this other stuff. I don't need any of that. I got Jesus. But of course, the process, the journey of getting there, you know, okay, if we take him off, what's going to happen? Well, Miss Arnold, we noticed something different about Josiah. He's not really paying attention. He's not the da da. Okay, yeah, I took him off of his medicine. Oh, okay, okay. Should I have done that? Jeff, should we have done that? Is that a good decision? What should we do? Should we give it back to him? Should we, should we, you know, decrease the dosage? No, we ain't, nope, we standing. Nope, he ain't taking it. He ain't taking it. We just gonna walk this thing through and he is no longer taking it. This boy actually, he was in tutoring over the summer, went two grades left, with two grade levels up in his reading, just got an award yesterday from it. He is on no, he has, he's not taking an inhaler. He's outside running with his friends every single day for hours. He ain't taking his inhaler. He's not sneezing all over the place, nothing. I mean, it's, 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 it's what's happening. We're seeing the perfect will of God, but it didn't just start. Like it wasn't this, this immediate, okay, we're just gonna do it and boom, it's gonna happen. There was some challenges in there. Are we making the right decision? Okay, he came home with an F. Maybe we need to. Maybe we need to put him back on the medicine. You're not paying attention. You're struggling to focus. Da, 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 da. But then when we changed the way that we were speaking, changing the way we're thinking, what we were listening to, all those things, we're seeing this incredible result. Philippians 2 and 5 says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So we want to... It says, let this first, okay? That means I have to choose to let this mind that is in me, the, the mind of Christ, I have to let the mind of Christ be in me. That's also in him. I have to make that decision. What is that saying? I have to let go of this thought process of this just is who I am. No, it's not about me. And me thinking is not going to prove the perfect will of God. Me thinking is going to prove how much of an idiot I am, <laughs> how many mistakes that I make. I mean, that's what that's what me thinking is going to do. But when I think if I surrender 
and submit and want and choose to have this mind of Christ, then I'm going to start seeing this the good things. I'm going to start seeing God's will unfold in front of my eyes. I'm going to start seeing the healing and all the things that I read and the promises that I hold on to. I'm going to start seeing them manifest. Why? Because I am letting, I am letting this mind be in me. Okay. I'm letting it. I'm reading the word. And after I read the word, this is the part that we do. This is all we do. We read the word. Now, keep in mind, we got to believe the word. Okay, we can't read it and just be reading it to be all super holy and all that and ain't following it. We got to read it. We got to be doers. But we also let the, let the word of God do what it does, transforms us. And that's so beautiful, but not a lot of people know how to do it. So awareness is key. What am I thinking? Why am I thinking it? And do I need to surrender what I'm thinking? This is the accountability part, right? It's 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 the accountability. And the hard truth is change is a choice. It's a choice. Romans 12 and 1. I don't have that up, but I want to I want to read it real quick from my phone. <clears throat> we were just in Romans 12, but it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies dedicated all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational act of worship. And I'm going to read this in the King James Version. I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that ye present your body, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You have to change. You have to make a choice to change. You have to make a choice, present yourselves. You have to present yourself to God to be a living sacrifice to him. And that means I got to think about what am I thinking? Is what I'm thinking lining up with the word of God? If it's not, then I don't care what culture says. I don't care what's popular. I don't care even what my family says. If what I'm thinking does not line up with the word of God, I need to choose to make myself a living sacrifice. Why am I thinking this? Am I thinking this because I want to have my way of thinking? Am I thinking this because I'm hurt? Am I thinking this because there's something going on? What's going on in my thinking? We have to think about that. Why do I think this way? And you may not have the answer, but guess who does? The Holy Spirit. He knows. He knows our minds. He knows our thoughts. He can reveal to us, you're thinking this way because of this. And he doesn't, you know, he's a counselor, you know, worldly counselors. I love them. I'm all for, you know, going, I, we have like our lead sisters are life coaches and counselors. I love life coaches and counselors, but they can only do so much. But the Holy Spirit, the way that he counsels, he counsels not just within truth, but also in empowerment. He empowers us to change. <laughs> Counselors can't empower us to change. They don't have that much power, but the Holy Spirit can empower us to change. And so he can tell you you're thinking this because you got raped or you got molested or your mom did this or your dad did this. But he also not he doesn't just leave it with that. And then we just left with a whole bunch of, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm heavy. I don't know what to do. I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. I'm a da 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 da. No, but he empowers us. He strengthens us. He touches our heart and teaches us. It's the, uh, uh, stop thinking this way. Nope. See, that's a behavior that ain't me. You know, he does that. He's a teacher and I love it. And then 
Do I need to surrender what I'm thinking? Now, this is this is the hard part because a lot of times we don't want to surrender. We don't want to surrender because surrenderance means that we're not in control. But the truth is we're, we're, we are responsible for what we're thinking. But at the same time, if you want to think like the way you're thinking, then go ahead, boo, you good. But if you want to see the perfect will of God, you have to surrender what you're thinking. So you have to be aware. What am I thinking? Why am I thinking it? And do I need to surrender what I'm thinking? All right, we're going to jump into it. Now, these are, I'm starting with number seven. I'm, I'm going backwards. I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to keep an eye on the time and I'm going to try to uh, get through all of them. But let me read you what they are. I didn't put them on my notes, but these are the seven mindsets we're going to look at tonight. Number one is the supernatural mindset. Number two, the determined mindset. Number three, the passive mindset. Number four, the weary mindset. Number five, the unbelieving mindset. Number six, the fearful mindset. And number seven, the prideful mindset. So we're going to start backwards. And uh, yeah. All right. I'm not, I didn't put everything that I have in my notes because this it, it would have been too much. But we're going to start at Deuteronomy 8, 10 through 19. Let me pull it up. I cannot get this full scripture up here, but I want to read to you. You guys probably have heard this, but this is kind of where uh, it's like a warning for the children of Israel, and it kind of shows what happens with pride. So it says, when thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God and not keeping his commandments and his judgment and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and are full and hast built godly, goodly homes and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, so he's pretty much saying, when all these blessings come upon you, when thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up and thou forgot the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and droughts where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint, who, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna. So y'all know about this, how they were in the wilderness and they had manna for, for, you know, to eat, which thy fathers knew not that he might be humble thee and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou say in thy heart, my power and my might of mine hand hath gotten me to this wealth but thou shalt remember the lord thy god for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore unto thy fathers as it is this day and it shall be if thou do at all forget the lord thy god and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them i testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish so the mindset of number uh, number seven, the prideful mindset. The prideful mindset reveals forgetfulness where you come from. And in this area of, of, uh, of healing, uh, these are people who they were determined. They had a determined mindset and they saw success. And what happened? It became look what I did or not even what they did, but look what the doctor did. Oh, doctor so-and-so did this or this medicine. Oh, let me tell you about this medicine. This medicine is da 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 And it's like, it's good to give honor. 
Okay, that, you know, I give honor to doctors that I've had. I, it's okay to give honor. But when it gets to the point that you are taking the glory from God and giving it to these things, that's dangerous. Some of the things that happen with the prideful mindset, you start to see progress and then you forget who got you that far. You start to lean unto your own understanding. At first, when you first started, it was Holy Spirit. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to do it? And then you start seeing success. And then it's like, oh, I got it from here. Oh, I got it from here. I know how to, you know, I know all I got to do is just, you know, exercise and eat good. And I'm good. I'm not spending time with God anymore. I'm not praying. I'm not, I'm not having that personal time anymore because I'm seeing success. I've been told <laughs> that success is actually the more dangerous when it comes to this area of pride, because when you're, when you are first starting off, or if you are, you know, in a place of need, sometimes you do run to God. Now, some people don't, some people, their hearts get hard and they just like, they, they, ain't, they ain't got nothing to do with God anymore. But sometimes there are those people that they ran to God when things were hard. And then when things got good, it was like, I, I don't have time. I'm too busy. Right. Um, and, and then what can happen is you start to relapse. So the, the area of health, you start to see symptoms come back. I wanted to talk about Elijah in this because in first Kings uh, chapter 17 and 18, Elijah, uh, he is, you know, this is a story I've, I've studied actually right before uh, the Lord gave me soul sister. He had me study Elijah and study about obedience. Elijah was walking in obedience and the Lord told him to to, uh, you know, do certain things and fire fell from heaven and he had to go up against um Ahab and and he killed four no 850 prophets of of Baal I think it was Baal um Jezebel's prophets and so he was like he was following God and he's seeing these results and then he got to a place where Jezebel she got angry and she wrote a note pretty much to him saying that she's gonna come for him and it was just a note but he believed it and he was, he humbled himself and said, I'm not as good as my father's. He had thought he was like on top and just doing so well. And he, he kind of let that get to him and it humbled him and it got him to a place that he felt so low. And it made me think about Elijah or you think about Peter when Peter was walking on the water, he had confidence at first. He was walking on the water. He's walking towards Jesus. And what happened? He got distracted and he started looking at other things and he started to sink because he got his eyes off of Jesus. Now, is that pride? Well, pride also can be insecurity. It can. That's, that's actually the others, the other spectrum of it. But what happens is if we are not keeping our eyes on Jesus when we are high and when we are low, then we are going to lose ourselves and we are going to start sinking and you can start seeing relapse. So the solution for a prideful mindset is a humbleness, humbleness of mind. Colossians 3 and 12 says, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering. We have to put these things on. So when we start, when we're, if we're seeing 
and we're gonna see okay i know i'm gonna get and let me just tell you if you've been with me for these six weeks and you are seeing things happen i don't care if it's little things like i shared my mom's testimony last week of the ringing she had in her ear for 10 years and it went away one day and i mean i don't care how little it is i want to hear about it i want to hear about it because it ignites our faith and if i can share it with the group please let me know if i can share it but when you start to see those things when you start to see the little progresses don't just look for the big ones okay when you start seeing the little ones don't get ahead of god and this is what i have to tell myself about soul sister all the time i do not want to get ahead of god i do not and sometimes i have because i'm not perfect and sometimes you have and it, it happens but we have to stay at a place of humbleness of mind. We have to put it on. Thank you. Always reminding ourselves to thank God, like the like the versions that you know the ten of that there were ten and only one came back and told God told Jesus thank you after. Uh, I mean, not the versions, the lepers after they got healed. So we have to remember to do that. Um, Philippians two and three, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. I love this scripture because it keeps us, it kind of is a safeguard for us. I got to stay in lowliness of mind. I got, you got to be careful about strife. You got to be careful about vainglory. Why? Because when you, when the enemy knows, when he sees you walking in your healing and he sees how you are, you are walking in your authority. Do not think that he's not going to try to send people in your life that's going to cause strife. He going to try it. He going to try it. He's going to, there's going to be suggestions of, you know, different things that you can fall into. You, we have to stay in lowliness of mind. So this prideful mindset is obviously it's opposing our spirit. It hinders healing from flowing through. Number six, a fearful mindset. A fearful mindset. This again, I think about Elijah. So Jezebel, you know, she heard that he killed 850 of her prophets. Now keep in mind, Elijah is a man of God. He has, I mean, you read the things that he's done for God through obedience. It's incredible. And God's hand was on Elijah. God's hand didn't lift from Elijah. His hand was on Elijah. So what does that mean? Jezebel couldn't do nothing. She couldn't do nothing. She can suggest just like the enemy. She, she can suggest, he can suggest, but she couldn't touch him. But what did she do? Mm, she got in his ear. And what did that cause? That caused him to be fearful. He had a fearful mindset to the point that if y'all know the story, what happened? He go and he runs into a cave. He's hiding. This is a man of God who just had fire fall from heaven on the altar. He, he even added water to the altar just to let them know. Let me show you. Let me show you my God. Let me tell. Let me let me let you know who I know. I mean, and it happened. He's killing 850 people, turned the whole nation towards God. And he goes from that to hiding in a cave because fear got in his mind. Fear got in his mind. Matthew 6 and 34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now I, I wanted, and I know if you've heard this, this one talks about worry, but they're very similar. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. Because when you're thinking about tomorrow, 
you can get fearful because you don't know what tomorrow may bring. And sometimes, and then I'm talking in the area of health, or even if in your if you're in the area of poverty, whatever it is, you worry, do I have enough? Or with your health, is a symptom gonna is a symptom gonna come back? How am I gonna feel in the morning? That fear is it is oh it is so toxic to our souls. And so the fearful mindset reveals. It reveals a lack of understanding of God's love and peace. So if you are in a fearful mindset, it's revealing what it's doing to you because we need to learn from all these mindsets. And keep in mind, this is a journey. So you could, you know, one day you could be struggling with pride. The next day you can be dealing with some fear. The next day you can be dealing. It's a journey, but it's revealing to you that you have a lack of understanding of God's love and his peace. And so the fearful mindset is you're afraid that your faith will fail you. You're afraid. You're more fearful of the sickness than you are of God. And that's key because the enemy wants you to be afraid of your sickness, but that sickness has no power. I cannot wait till we get our Bible studies out on audio so y'all can go back and listen to the authority. Jeffrey Lynn, we got to get these out. We, we got to get these out. Uh, there two weeks ago, we did a study on a, the law of authority. Oh my gosh. I mean, when you get that, when you understand the sickness can't do nothing to you, that the devil can't do nothing to you unless you allow him that right there is like, it's a dagger in this right here. I, I mean, you can't go no further. Um, but you're afraid and you're afraid the sickness is your punishment. Again, if we can get the studies out, I think the first study it talks about God's will. He wants us to be healed. So the sickness, he's not punishing us with sickness. Punishment is done. Now, so now, uh, what's the word? Accountability and coincidence, not coincidence. I'm so, I'm struggling with my words today. Co consequences. Consequences. Thank you. Consequences, consequences are, yeah, you're going to have consequences. You know, if if you aren't doing certain things and you keep not doing certain things and certain things are going to show up, but it ain't God. And so that fear and uh, OK, so if you do have fear of consequences, even that is not a reason to be fearful because God loves you. And what does the Bible say that he gives grace to the humble? So all you have to do and this is genuine. So this ain't just I'm going to act humble. I'm genuinely going to say, God, I was not responsible with this. I was not using wisdom in this. I mean, I, this is me. This is my testimony. You know, I wasn't responsible with what I was putting in my body. I wasn't responsible. And I was going off of lab reports and oh, well, they say I'm good. So I'm going to keep eating my cream and my butter and my sugar. And yeah, I'm going to keep cooking up a storm. And yeah, my scales getting higher. And my pants are getting tighter, but I'm good. I'm good. Okay, honey, your hand is raised. Go ahead. Oh, that, I'm sorry. That was just funny what you just said. The <laughs> <laughs> pants getting tighter. No, um, but right there, when you talked about how God gives grace to the humble, because a lot of times, if you, you know, when you come humbly before God, those, those, um, those consequences may be lessened. Um, oh, maybe yeah. bypassed, depending on the posture of your heart. I, I thought about um, Hezekiah when God declared that he was going to die, mm -hmm. and the way Hezekiah postured his heart in response to that, 
it's it's spared him. It gave him more years. God changed his judgment based off of that. Just I mean, there's there's Lot, you know, and Abraham. Mm-hmm. God changed his judgment on that. There's you know several things about where you know because they came humbly before God, and that grace was given, and the consequences was spared. Yes. Um, because of that, so that's so good. And that thank you for sharing that because that combats the fear. You don't really, you don't need to have fear for any, any circumstance in any situation because God does give grace to the humble. The fearful mindset has fear of the future and they fear if God will heal them. And they got into a place that they've seen or heard other people's stories of something that they may have. That's that Google. That's that YouTube. Oh my gosh. We've talked about that. That is, is not stay away from it, but that breeds fear. It breeds fear, this fearful mindset. Um, the fearful mindset, um, let's see, what does it say? The fearful mindset has fear that the symptoms might return. Oh, that was a big one because it takes faith to, okay, especially when the Lord says, stop taking something. That's going to put you at a place that you're like, Okay, first off, you might have people around you say that's you being ignorant. And let me say this. God has to tell you to do it. He has to tell you to do it. You you doing it to show him that you got faith. No, 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 no. That is not how it works. It is not how it works. Okay, you you move out of obedience. So if he tells you to do it. And your heart posture about doing it. If your whole heart is not in it, don't do it. Don't do it. But when he tells you to make that step of, you know, it might just be, it might be something as simple. For instance, my dad, okay. My dad, he was putting like six, he was drinking six cups of coffee a day. And he was putting like a whole bunch of sugar in every one of those cups of coffee. I mean, it was, yeah, it was not good. And my father has, a, a, and I've shared this with you guys. My father has schizophrenia bipolar. Just let me stop saying what he has. No, because I've been praying on that. Uh, bipolar schizophrenia disorder is trying to have my father. Okay. And one of the things that I knew about that, because I <laughs> was in this position, this was my mindset. I was in the fearful mindset. So I was doing every type of research I can possibly think of to what in the heck I'm going through. And so I read a whole lot and um, I found out that sugar is is a terrible, terrible, terrible thing, especially when it comes to, to mental illness and stuff like that. And so I told him to, I'm like, try stevia or try, you know, try something else, try monk fruit. I'm giving him other suggestions to try. And he was afraid of what the condition is going to be. He was like, I don't know what this is going to do. And understand sugar, when you detox from sugar, it's just like detoxing from cocaine. Read it, study it. It really is. So there's a withdrawal that you go through. Your body is not going to be happy. So you fear, what am I, what's going to happen? How am I going to react? And especially if you have like a, a job that requires you to be present or you got kids that require you to be present or whatever that requires you to have it all there. You got to have your mind all there on the things that you're doing. This fear can come in. That fearful mindset It also is you are afraid that you're not in control. And this one is, again, when it comes to the area of healing, you got to let that go. 
You got to be okay with not being in control. Do your part, which is renewing your mind with the word of God, which is believing on the word of God, standing on the word of God, having faith. That's your part. Resting, believing in what Jesus has done. That's the work that you do. But be okay with the fact that you're not in control. You're not in control. Now you have a part, but you're not in control and let that go. So the solution for a fearful mindset, well, let me read this verse real quick. John 14 and 27, peace I leave you, my peace I give you not as the world giveth, I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus is telling us, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid of death. Don't be afraid of sickness. Don't be afraid of the devil. Don't be afraid because when you have fear, when you are in this fearful mindset, when it comes to your healing and the world wants you to be that way, you're like, you know, death. Oh my gosh, y'all, we are kingdom citizens. Okay. Like we do not have to fear death. Now I'm only saying that now because I literally had to face it and I had to get over this fear, but and I know you're going to have your own journey, but I at least want to encourage you. You don't have to fear it because we are going to a better place. We don't have to fear it. But when it does try to come, you got to understand. Jesus said, don't let it. You got to not let that trouble your heart because it's fear. It opens the door to the enemy. And if you are dealing with sickness, and you are waiting and, and declaring for that healing to be manifest, the last thing you need is to be given inroads to the devil. And especially in this area, fear, torment. I should have pulled that scripture. Fear bringeth torment. Solution, God's love and God's peace. Philippians 4 and 7, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, this peace of God, it's his peace. We need his peace. And 2 Timothy 1 and 7, for God had not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And then my other favorite scripture that I just didn't have room on the page to put, First uh, John 4, uh, I think it's First John 4, where perfect love cast out fear. Perfect love. It's the only thing that casts out fear. Perfect love. And what does that mean? That means sitting and meditating on God's love. When you are combating it by the word of God, sickness, the symptoms, when you're in that place, you have to, I'm serious, you have to go overtime. And I mean, tell the kids, leave you alone, tell your husband, I gotta go in my she shed, whatever. You get alone and focus on God's love. Focus on God's love, replay it over and over in your mind. God loves me, God loves me. That means this sickness cannot have me. God loves me, God loves me. I am already healed. God loves me, God loves me. He's given me a sound mind. I mean, you gotta play it over and over and over. You gotta remind yourself, write it on your windows, write it on your doors, put it on post-it notes, whatever you gotta do. Set a timer on Alexa, let her know, remind me God loves me. Whatever it is you gotta do to keep yourself in that place that God loves me, it will combat this fearful mindset. Oh my gosh, I wish I could share more on that, but I, I, I wanna keep moving. All right, the unbelieving mindset. This one's a little, woo, the unbelieving mindset. Uh, Titus 1 and 15, unto the pure of all things are pure, 
But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. Oh my goodness. Okay, so the unbelieving mindset, and I also put, it could also be the cynical mindset, right? Um, this mindset reveals a hardened heart. And a hardened heart, uh, that's a study all on its own. It really is. I will say Hebrews is a good place. Hebrews 3 and 4 is a good place to start if you ever want to study on a hardened heart. Um, Jesus also talks about uh, the hardened heart. It's it. Yeah. And so it says it right here that an unbelieving a, a, a person that is unbelieving, even their mind and their conscience is defiled. So the, the unbelieving mindset, you don't trust anyone or anything. And like I said, it's kind of cynical. It's like, my gosh, you know, like everything is just looked at sideways. And so how do you trust God? How do you how do you believe that God is going to heal you when you just don't trust anybody and you believe that <clears throat> this won't ever change? You just don't believe it. Yeah, whatever. Jesus. Yeah, OK, I'm healed. But look at what I got. Whatever. You just kind of like you just refuse to believe your heart has become hard. You wonder if your prayer, you don't even wonder, you don't even care now that your prayer, you don't even think your prayers are even working. You don't think prayer is worth it. Okay. Um, and then carnality, the, the unbelieving mindset, carnality has settled in so much that you've stopped looking and expecting the supernatural. And this is not a good place to stay. Uh, Romans uh, 8 and 5 says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. So that's the carnality. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So the solution for a carnal mind is to guard your heart. Guard your heart. I'm going to pull up Proverbs 4 and read this to you. <clears throat> Proverbs 4 verse 20. And it says, my son, attend to my words, incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them. So his words are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. So your unbelief flows from your heart. And in order for your heart to not be hardened, you have to guard your heart. And it's so important to guard your heart because if you kind of letting, if you're just letting anything in, especially when you are faced with a bad doctor's report or you're faced with a circumstance that just looks too big, your faith is the only thing that's going to work for you. And so if your heart and not your, not your doing, I mean, you can do a whole bunch of stuff, but it's faith that pleases God. And so if your heart is so hardened that it has, you know, uh, my favorite scripture, John 6 talks about 29, where they ask Jesus, what are the works of God? And Jesus says the works of God are for you to believe. That's your work is to believe. If your heart is so hard, where do you believe? You believe in your heart. And so you have to guard your heart. That means if people are around you talking nonsense, they can be thinking you crazy. Girl, what you keep talking about? You healed. I heard you sneezing just two days ago where you healed and you still limping. What you talking about? You healed. I still see this or that. You don't need them people around you because what's happening? 
That, that's getting in your heart. And you may be thinking, oh, I'm strong enough and da, 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 da. But no, faith comes by hearing, but other things come by hearing too. See, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But if you're hearing nonsense and you keep hearing nonsense, that's also going to have an effect on you. So you can't have those people in your ear. That don't mean don't love them. You can love them. Just love them from afar. Guard your heart. I can't be around that. I don't need that right now. And you know, you can do that in a loving and kind way, but you got to do it. You got to do it. All right. The next one, number four, a weary mindset. To me, this is the most dangerous because it happens subtly. Second Corinthians 11 and three says, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So your mind should be corrupted by the simplicity that is in Christ. Um, the, and I wanted to pull that just to kind of show you the subtlety of the enemy. This mindset, like I said, <clears throat> I believe it's the most dangerous. This mindset was a determined mindset. Um, but the devil got in subtly and just slowly, just one little bit at a time, just made you more and more and more and more tired. Um, and I don't take this one lightly because weariness, I believe, is like one of his number one ways of getting us uh, to give up. For sure. Go ahead, babe. I can't hear you. I love this. I immediately felt something when I when I um, when this was when this was read or saw something, perhaps. Um, like it says, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The simplicity that is in Christ. Mm. He's saying, like, it's it's simple. I've already done it. It's already in you. You believe it. You receive it. It comes to pass. Our minds get corrupted when we overthink, when we worry, it starts to corrupt the simplicity. And now our mind is so wrapped up in the problem or the tomorrows or the future. And that's what he's, that's what the fear is. Yeah. Less by any means, just as the serpent, the subtle, the subtle way that um, the serpent came in and, and, and um, beguiled Eve, mm -hmm. that's how our minds get corrupted subtly if we're not careful. And then, you know, we miss the finished work of Christ, the simplicity of it, of just standing, believing and receiving and it's already done. Yeah. And that's that's mm -hmm. what I saw with that. Yeah. And, and to that point, and then because we miss how simple it is to your your point, we either overthink or we overwork. We keep trying and trying. I'm praying. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And then you're just like one day. It's just like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm tired. I'm sick of this. It ain't working. And that's exactly where the enemy wants you. It's this one is for is for the warrior. This is how he attacks the warrior through weariness. <laughs> You know, you are strong and you are like, you know, you got that warrior spirit and you, I'm, I know it and I'm going, I'm going, but he just subtly just, are you praying enough? Why are you doing this enough? You're not doing this enough. You're not doing that enough. And he's suggesting all these things that are in the law. It's not by works. It's not mm -hmm. by works. 
But and that's how look, he suggested. Go ahead. And also look how the serpent, you know, when the serpent is dealing with, you know, his his prayer, trying to take somebody out, he he squeezes him. He mm. he wears him down. He he doesn't just fight the person. He don't right. just go toe to toe. He want to squeeze and wear you down till you're weary, and then that's when he, you know, really takes you out. Mm-hmm. And I, I just thought about that too. Like. Yeah, that's so good. The weary mindset. You've gotten so far that you say, I just can't go any longer. You're tired. You have no more fight. You had faith, but you can't pray any longer. You just, you're done. Your soul is empty. You have become numb spiritually and you have accepted sickness. This mindset reveals disappointment. It reveals disappointment. And, you know, when you are disappointed, it makes the heart sick. Hebrews 12 and 3, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against themselves, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. When we are weary and we are faint in our minds, that's where it starts. And this one, I really, you know, I'm like, ah, I don't want to rush through it because there's so much, this is really where, especially women of God that are, you know, we, we got some amazing women of God, a part of soul sister. And there's a women, there's women of God all over the world that are just incredible, but the ones that are walking and they're calling and they are determined to do the works that God has called them to do. when they're determined to see God's perfect will in their life. This is what the enemy uses on those sisters. This is it. And I'm here to tell you that cannot happen. I'm talking to myself. I literally told, we had a week, y'all. We had a week. My mom's on the line somewhere. She even said, we were talking and I was like, mom, I don't even know. I'm like, I don't even know if I could teach this week. I'm like, I need to be ministered to this week. It has been a hard, it has been such a hard week. And I even thought to myself, like, I am tired. I actually said that, which I've, I've been working on not saying that because you don't speak it. So I'm listen, I ain't perfect, so I don't mind. I'm just telling the truth. I was like, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. I'm sick of this. You know, I was just having this, this moment of like, this is, a, this is too much. But when you're doing anything for the Lord, if you know, it's kind of like if you if the enemy ain't messing with you, it's because y'all going the same way. So the fact that he is trying to mess with you is because you're disturbing him. You're you're invading his space and he don't like it. And my husband and I took some serious moves and leaps of faith recently. And I tell you, I feel like we have ruffled every single devil in hell. And it's been so much. It's been so much. But I've been you know, strong in the Lord and the power of his might, because not my own, because I'm like, listen here, but this is how he does it. And especially when it's in this area of healing, he will try to wear you down to the point that you have just, you've accepted sickness. Don't you dare accept this sickness. Don't you dare. I don't know who I'm talking to, but do not accept it. And I might just be talking to myself. Do not accept it. Not at all. So the solution for a weary mindset is to rest in God, to rest. Hebrews 4, 10, for he that 
and I'm sorry, I totally did that typo. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. We are supposed to live an example. God is, the, God is our example. And we're supposed to live in his image and live like Christ. And God, you know, he created the, the earth and the sixth, sixth day and on the seventh day he rested. He wants us to come into the rest. But what is the rest? Christ is the rest. We rest in Christ. We learn to rest in the finished works of Christ. We don't try to go and do our own works. We don't try to, you know, sometimes some of y'all tired of going into these daggone doctor's appointments. It's like every daggone Tuesday and Thursday, you got to go to the doctor's appointment and on Wednesday, you got to go pick up your prescription and on Friday. And this, this is your thing. It's just, you know, I did it for a whole month. I did it for a whole month when I, when I got sick back last year, it was like every single day it was there. It was physical therapy. It was going to ENT. It was this doctor, that doctor, OBGYN, da, 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 cardiovascular. I mean, all these doctors, you're tired, you're tired. And you're working and you're studying and you're reading and trying to figure out, can I eat this? Can I not eat this? What does this medicine do? Da, da, da. Don't wear anybody out. And that's what he wants to do. The woman with the issue of blood, she kept going to this doctor and that doctor. What did the Bible say? It got worse. It got worse. Think about it. This is a woman that we still are talking about to this day. How she said to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, she was anointed. She was anointed to make an impact on the kingdom. She was anointed to be an example of healing and wholeness. It wasn't just healing. She felt the healing, but what happened? Jesus said, go, your faith has made you whole. But what happened? The enemy tried to make her weary because she tried and tried for 12 years. Mm-mm. So we got to know, okay, you trying to wear me out. You trying to wear me out, but I ain't going to be weared out by you. Okay. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. So Jesus is where we find our rest. We got to learn to rest, especially those of us who you know, we're overachievers <laughs> and we want to know answers, especially me. I like to know answers. I like to know why. I want to know why. Why is this happening? And, you know, I get intrigued and I get all whatever, but we got to stop. I'm saying we, because I know there's somebody else on this line who is just like me. I cannot be the only one. We got to learn in those moments what's happening because it can feel really good and we can love to learn. And listen, I love learning, you know, I'm all for it. I, 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 I'm always a student, but I'm learning to, but I'm learning the word. That's what I'm learning. But when we get caught up in getting, you know, learning about this and watching this video and doing that and going here and doing that and doing that, that's, uh, or I'm gonna say it, even serving too much in church because we should serve, but only do what God tells you to do. Those things can wear you out if that's not what God has called you to do and understand that that is a tactic of the enemy. All right, I'm going. We're almost there. Oh, the passive mindset, the passive mindset. Um, This is numbness. I put numbness. This is dangerous too. The passive mindset just accepts whatever is happening and this happens slowly over time as well. Well, kind of. <laughs> All right. So the passive mindset reveals a lack of knowledge. And did I say what the um, 
Uh, yeah, I did. I said it's a point. Okay. So the passive mindset reveals the lack of knowledge or it could also reveal laziness. All right. And so we're going to go to Titus 1 and 16. They profess to know God, to recognize and be acquainted with him, but their actions, they deny and disown him. They are detestable and disobedient and worthless for good work of any kind. I When I read that, I was like, oh my gosh. Proverbs 13, 4 says, the hand of the diligent shall, be, shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. And then, no, I'm sorry, that's Proverbs 12 and 24. Proverbs 13 and 4 says, the soul of the sluggish desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. So, the passive mindset, quickly, the passive mindset, they pretty much say it's up to God if he wants to heal me. It's up to God if he wants to heal me. Okay, God wants you healed. We already discovered that. We already know that. It's not up to God. It's up to you now to receive what God has already made available. The passive mindset says whatever happens, happens. No, 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 no. That cannot be your mindset. Absolutely not. The passive mindset. I'll just do whatever the doctor says. Okay. I ain't, I ain't got nothing to say on that. That's the passive mindset because the doctor ain't God. And if the doctor says something that goes up against what God told you to do and you just, well, I'll just do whatever the doctor says. That's the passive mindset because, okay, I, I believe, you know, God bless doctors. I have no problems with doctors, but God ultimately has the upper say. So that passive mindset gives into that. The passive mindset believe, um, they say, I believe I'm healed, but. So that's what the scripture Titus 1 and 2 says. They profess that they know God, but their actions. So they say that they're healed, but they're not acting like they're healed. They're just dealing with it. You know, yeah, I have this. I have that. I got this. The doctor says I have that. That's kind of how they talk. That's how they act. That's how they believe. The passive mindset um, believe that God want, wants them healed. But so I know God wants me healed, but, you know, it could be one or the other. Um, the passive mindset doesn't see a need to fight. We always listen. We have to fight against the enemy. We have to. We cannot let him have his way. And how do we fight against the enemy? It's not by flesh and blood. That ain't how we fight. Um, the passive mindset. You don't rebuke your symptoms or your sickness. You don't rebuke it. You just let it re rebuke you. You just let it have its way with you. The passive mindset doesn't resist the devil. The scripture says in James, resist, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. There's actions that you have to do. The passive mindset doesn't resist the devil. And, and there might even be some lack of knowledge in there as well. The passive mindset is you're just focused on getting by. No, I'm just making it. You know, God is good. No, I'm just making it. And lastly, the passive mindset, you talk to God about your problems, but you don't talk to your problems about your God. So the solution for a passive mindset is know your authority in Christ. Second Corinthians 10 and five, cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Casting down. That's authority. We have the authority to cast down the imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above God. So if God says you're healed, then if there's a stronghold or a thought or an attitude 
that's going against what God says, you pull it down. You don't sit and say, God, pull that down for me. Oh God, I'm just waiting for you to, I'm just waiting for you to change, change the way I think. I'm just waiting for you to, to, to do this. No, no, I ain't got time to teach on this because I already done it. And I promise you, y'all, we're working on getting those out. You, We aren't waiting for God. God sent Jesus. Jesus did what he did. He's finished. He's sitting at the right hand of God. Jesus gave us the authority here on the earth. We have this authority. So when you know who you are in Christ, there's no passivity. You understand that I got work to do. What does Jesus tell me to do? He goes, he tells me to go out and heal the sick. To raise the dead, to cast out scorpions and certain step on serpents. I gotta get myself together. I, I should be walking in this authority, not just for myself, but so that I can also do what Jesus told me to do. But if we're passive and we're sitting around waiting for God, then we really um, are just taking up space. We really are. We cannot be passive. This mindset irritates me. <laughs> it irritates me because I'm like, know who you are in Christ know who you are it and i don't know if irritate was the right word no i'm not gonna lie sometimes it irritates me but sometimes it also um it makes me sad because i'm like we gotta know we, we are we are christians we got the holy spirit living on the inside of us we have been given dominion jesus took all the stripes all the beatings so that we can have dominion now on this earth and we just walking around just, you know, weak. And we shouldn't be. We should be, uh, what does the scripture say? Uh, oh, suffer violent. The, viol the violent, take it by force. We should be taking, we should be violently claiming and not claiming because we already have it. We should be already receiving this healing, taking this healing by faith, taking everything that Christ has made available to us and demanding it. Stop allowing the devil to have his way. Romans 14 and five, one man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his mind. We have to be persuaded that we are the chosen, that we have been given authority, that we have the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. We have to be fully persuaded and we can't sit around and wait for somebody to persuade us. We read the word of God and get persuaded ourselves and start walking in this authority and start walking in our healing. But this passive mindset is dangerous because it's the mindset that doesn't like to take responsibility. It doesn't take responsibility. We have to be okay with taking responsibility. Jesus said, I have authority. So if stuff is happening in my life, that's, it's my fault. And that doesn't mean that I just sit there and wallow in it. Like, oh, well, it's my fault. Be passive. No. Okay. All right. I get it. I got to pull up my bootstraps and I got, we, I got to change the way I think I've been passive about this. I've been thinking, oh, well, God wants this to happen. He wants me to suffer here. He wants... And like I said, being able to say, what am I thinking? Why am I thinking it? And do I need to surrender these thoughts? So that's the passive mindset. Number two, the determined mindset. Nehemiah 4 and 6. I just wanted to pull this out because I love what it says here. So build the wall. So built we the wall and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. For the people had a mind to work. I love that. A mind to work. That says to me, determination. You have to have the determined mindset. The determined mindset is the mindset that gets results. It's the mindset that gets results. It's the mindset 
This mindset is someone who will not take sickness for an answer. And, I don't, and they don't care if they look crazy and they don't care if people like I ain't talking to her no more. She too super spiritual, whatever. This mindset is determined. I'm not going to take sickness as an answer. Philippians 3.14. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling in God Christ of God in Christ Jesus. I press towards. It may not be easy. I may have a high day and a low day. I may go a little bit to the left and wait to the right. I may have to take a few steps backwards. It may look like everything is coming against me, but I'm going to press. I'm going to press like, like the woman with the issue of blood. I'm going to press like Brian, Brian Bartimaeus had to get up and walk in darkness. I'm going to press like the woman who ate the crumbs under the table and, and persuaded Jesus. Yeah, even the dogs eat from the table. I'm going to press. I'm going to keep going. The determined mindset is, a, is someone who knows who they are in Christ. They are determined to walk in Christ and in the authority given to them in Christ. The determined mindset learns how to pray. They have learned that they speak to their sickness and they cast it at the root and they command it in the name of Jesus to go. The determined mindset learns how to eat. Yes, I put that in there because you have to be determined to change your diet. Amen, somebody. You really got to be determined because, <laughs> I mean, not to go on. See, I didn't say go on a diet. I said change your diet. You have to have a determined mindset that I'm going to find out what it is that I'm eating that's causing this daggone inflammation. And I'm going to change what I eat. And I'm going to take out the dairy. And I'm going to take out the sugar. And I'm going to take out the gluten. And I'm going to take out the whatever else that is disturbing me. I'm going to change my diet. That's a determined mindset. And I had to put it in there because we got to be a little practical. Okay. The determined mindset finds teaching that encourages them to keep going. I think about for me, I had to I had to go on a search. I had when I tell you I was so low, I was so low and I was just quite my faith was getting. Oh, my my gosh, my faith was getting attacked. I had to find teaching that encouraged me in the word. So when you have your moments, because you can still have a determined mindset and you still gonna have a low day, but you have to be determined to pull on something, the word of God, some biblical teaching that helps you to keep going or a friend you know, or a spouse or whatever, not to sit there in your closet and just wallow in it because that's where the enemy, that's where he gets you. Um, the determined mindset learns how to rest in God. The determined mindset speaks to the sickness and curses at the root. I already said that. The determined mindset goes the extra mile to guard their heart from unbelief. What does that mean? Turning off certain TV shows, stop listening to certain things, changing your lifestyle so that you're not opening doors for the enemy to come in, whatever that looks like, but being determined. The determined mindset reminds themselves daily of God's love for them. And the determined mindset stays humble and low. This mindset reveals, it reveals wisdom. Uh-oh. I don't do similar thing. So the solution for this is to remain in Christ, to abide in Christ. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. So if you keep abiding in Christ, you stay determined to be um, abiding in Christ, then that healing is going to come forth. Psalms 91 and 1. 
He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. That right there, Psalms 91, I held on to that thing so tightly when I was walking through some of the lowest of my lows, because it's a promise. You dwell in the secret, he that dwelleth. So when you abide, when you remain in the secret place of the most high God, you will abide under his shadow. That's a promise. Hold on to that promise. And the last one. I'm going to get this done by 830. The last one, the spiritual mindset. This is the most important. Ephesians 4 and 23. And be renewed in your spirit of your mind. I love that. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The spirit of your mind. Your mind has a spirit. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was really interesting. So being renewed in the spirit of your mind. So the spirit is, it. it's your being. It's who you are. You have a mind, but the spirit is who you are. So the spirit that you have, the mind that you have is the mind of Christ. And so we have to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. All right. First Corinthians 2, 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So if anybody ever tells you that you stupid or you this or you that, you can't think, no, maybe in the natural, you there are some things that are being shown, but you have the mind of Christ, the spiritual mindset. These people acknowledge God in all their ways. They ask and listen for the Holy Spirit to lead them. This is important in this journey of healing. They seek godly wisdom and godly counsel. They see the natural, but walk by faith. And it reminds me of Abraham. He saw how old he was, yet he continued to hope, yet he continued to have faith. The spiritual mindset is extremely aware of who they are, meaning they know that they are spirit. They know what dwells in them. A spirit, that's who they are, and they have everything that they need. A spiritual mindset understands that their body is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, and at the name of Jesus, sickness must bow. The spiritual mindset learns how to wait on the Lord. The spiritual mindset understands that patience is the fruit of the spirit and comes by the word of God. And the spiritual mindset learns how to rejoice in all things, pray at all times and give thanks through all circumstances. And I thought I had that scripture here, but I don't have that. That's first Thessalonians. I love that. So the solution for a spiritual mindset is to continue to acknowledge God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. This is key. I believe it's probably the most important thing I've said all night, especially when you are walking this journey of healing. You have to trust in the Lord with all your heart. You have to to not lean unto your own understanding. Proverbs 3 and 7, be not wise in thy own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. Romans 8 and 25, but if we hope for that we see not, then we uh, then do we with patience wait for it. So we learn to wait. Set your mind and, and keep focus habitually on things above. So those are earthly things, I mean heavenly things, not on earthly things. And I, this scripture is so important. We got to think on things above. I know I'm already healed. I know I already have it. I know it's already done. That's how I'm walking. That's how I'm living. And then the solution, another solution, do not quench, uh, quench not the spirit. First Thessalonians 5 and 16. 
And it says, I need to pull it up here. Rejoice evermore. I just read this. Pray without ceasing and everything. Give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Okay? Ah, that's so good. So those are the seven mindsets of the healing journey. And I pray tonight that you are aware of them. So when you are thinking and doing certain things, take a pause and kind of like, wait a minute, what, what is going on here? Um, and hopefully once I get these up, you can come back and figure out, okay, I'm dealing with this today. I'm dealing with fear today. I got this scripture. I can read on this scripture. I can find scriptures on fear. I'm being passive today. I can find scriptures on passivity, you know, whatever it is and hold yourself accountable and have others hold you accountable when you decide to go to these other mindsets that's not aiding your healing.